we'd like to pretend that they're going to be grateful and that uh, they're all going to go, wow, a football. Thanks, Dad. Family man. Yeah. Welcome to the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. This is the show where we remind dads of what's most important. I'm your host, Scott Moore. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Scott, you sound sick. Are you sick? Oh, it's the same thing I've been fighting for a couple weeks. It just. Uh, early morning? Yeah, I sound worse than I am. Uh, no, it's. I mean, there's yeah. definitely something there, but it's, you know, mostly just phlegm. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's just something about that word. I'll try to uh, use the mute button. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, I know this is is the season where every dad, you know, you get the updates from your wife like Josh has a fever, you mm-hmm. know, and you're like, and so it begins. Uh, and uh, I know that. Uh, we're all on pins and needles. Cal was sick yesterday and kind of the day before. And Ben and his son Hudson is was not feeling too good last night. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think it's so fun when dads or moms are the super optimistic ones. You know, like, yeah. oh, he was probably just overly tired or whatever. I'm like, right. He's got the rot. He's going to infect us all. Are you kidding? <laughs> In the nursery, they always said that, oh, he's just teething. <laughs> yeah, right. I think there might be, like, this tipping point number of kids, too, where, like, my family's kind of right on that tipping point where we still have the hope that maybe we could make it through Christmas with yeah. nobody getting sick. But when you have as many kids as you have, there's no way. You you I gave know. that up years ago. I know. <laughs> I know. You really did. You really did. If you get like a couple more than what you have, you just assume someone's going to be in the hospital at some point, too. So. <laughs> well, even like uh, we watched It's a Wonderful Life this past week. And, uh, you know, I, it's kind of like one of those movies that you've seen so many times. You think, I, I don't know if I want to watch it again, but my kids wanted to watch it. So we watched it and. Um, I, Cal, I think he's been struggling a little bit with, uh, the large amount of people we have in our family <laughs> and it just keeps growing. And he kind of sounds like George Bailey. And I, why, why do we have to have so many children anyway? You know, yes. it's like our admin nights are garbage because nobody listens, you know, because <laughs> we have to worry about those little kids. And I'm like, you used to be one of those little kids. Remember? Yeah. Uh, so he'll come out on the other side. So have you got, are you done with all your Christmas shopping, Scott? Because I know uh, my wife was gone yesterday and I, <laughs> I took my little stash of things that I got for my wife and I went up and wrapped them. So I am ready to roll. I am done. Oh, Todd, have you not learned anything? <laughs> <laughs> By I you. haven't even started yet. <laughs> CBS is open all night. I will make it, but. Amazon is a very good thing for me. That is, we are so <laughs> different. I mean, my my kids, that's that's they live in the world of Amazon too, and they're like, oh, I'll order it tomorrow for the next day. 
And I'm like, how can you do that? And they, but, and they always get it. You know, they're just never hardly disappointed. Uh, you and living in Cincinnati, you probably have drone delivery in your area. <laughs> Not quite, but um, and I've disappointed my wife so many years in a row that I the standards are so low here, Todd. It's it's really not that hard. So when you look at her and she goes, let me guess, it didn't come in time. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Uh, That's what my kids always go. Sorry, dad, I forgot. Or I didn't have time. Like, well, hey, you know, this happens again in 365 days. uh, So you could plan now. So you do have lots of time. I know I'm saying some of this, you know, jokingly, but like, there's certainly an element of as long as I don't have a like Chevy Chase level nuclear meltdown at the family sometime during Christmas, that's seen as success from my way for me. So this is going to be the year, Dad, because Scott just you know touched on something. Because there's something about the the day, the days before and after that just really is just like fertile ground for Dad's blowing it. Maybe because we do watch It's a Wonderful Life. We think, you know, even though that has a harsh, you know, towards the end of the road, but we do kind of anticipate it to be fun. You know, we've spent money on our kids. We'd like to pretend that they're going to be grateful and that uh, they're all going to go, wow, a football. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) You know, as opposed to where are the other ones? He got more than I did. And so, you know, one of my favorite emails ever was one from Casey Campbell, who's a family man. And he wrote me and said, oh, Todd, I guess I just blew it so miserably. You know, I had my son crying on Christmas Eve. He goes, why would I pick Christmas Eve to blow it? And I'm kind of like, because that's what dads do. Yep. But, you know, if we go into it kind of anticipating that, maybe we can avoid some of it, you know, or maybe if we kind of have a little game plan and if you get our uh, weekly email, which I hope you do, you know, I kind of included one in there that, you know, you kind of prepare, prepare for it to be bad, stiffen your resolve, get ready to apologize, bounce back quickly. Once you blow, when your stiffened resolve turns to mush, because I think that's where I get in trouble. I get stuck, you know, it's kind of like, I can't believe that. Why would they do that? You know, here we we spent this money with all this effort and now it's ruined and they're ungrateful. And then sometimes then I withhold and then I hate being that person. So, you know, we'll pray at the end of this show. Um, Definitely. uh, (laughs) And we'll lay hands on Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the, the worst part to me is when you can feel it building and you just feel like you can't stop it. I know. I I hate that part, too. (laughs) You know, and really, I wish we had some kind of EpiPen for that. (laughs) It's like you hear the little voice, you know, like the little person on your shoulder going, mayday, mayday. (laughs) Yeah. Going down. Yeah. You know, that's not a bad idea about the EpiPen, though. If you could just have one that was just like you could stab it in your heart (laughs) right at that point. Even if it just made you pass "Uh out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) It's like a tranquilizer or something. I don't know. I think that's why so many dads start drinking on holidays. But that's right. Don't do that. That's not the right thing. <laughs> Lock up your guns. And yeah. You can yeah, make it. It can be awesome. We can thrive, right? It can, even though it will be hard. I mean, I think, again, if somehow we kind of go into it managing our expectations. 
I know there's at least one dad out there who's like, this is depressing. You guys are, are like negative. We can, you can have a great time. We'll thrive and praise Jesus. And I'm just here to warn you, bless you. I hope that happens, right. you know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just lucky if I don't get visited by three ghosts the night before. Hello. My daughter's FaceTiming us. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your show. <laughs> that's, that's Abby and wife. Henry. No. That, oh, that's, that's your daughter. <laughs> There's Henry hiccuping if you can hear that. I don't know. I did hear a little. How's oh. Henry doing? He's had an eventful morning, but he's good. <laughs> All right. There's Henry live. On the Family Man Show. But the penguins of Madagascar Christmas calmed him down, so. Okay. Well, we're going to get back to the show. All right. Merry Christmas, Henry. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Henry. Bye. Bye. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Yes. All right. Sorry about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Don't make that out. That was great. Yes. Um, Should have a little updates by Henry. They did good. But uh, what was I thinking about? Oh. You know, but again, maybe it's perspective, Scott. I'm going to read a, a little portion of a story and maybe kind of a commercial, too. Yeah. Uh, but we were watching. Have you ever seen the show, the Christmas movie, One Magic Christmas? I don't think I have. It's uh, it's an old Disney. And I, I remember seeing it. I think I saw it in the movie theater. It's probably like about a 1988-ish, if I was going to make a guess. It's about a mom and a dad, you know, they've got a couple kids and they're getting ready for Christmas and everything's hard, everything, they're poor, they're getting evicted from their house. The mom works at the grocery store as a checkout lady and she's mad at everybody, you know, and the dad just has Christmas spirit and he's like, let's spend it. And she's like, we don't have enough to spend, you know, we're not going to touch our savings. We're going to need that savings. And then, you know, this angel Gideon, who's a great angel, by the way, and, uh, He's kind of a cowboy angel. His theology is a little wrong because he died and then became an angel. Kind of like Clarence in It's a Wonderful Life. And basically, the dad is shot in a bank holdup. Um, and the kids are kidnapped. All the same, you know, they the, the bank robber jumps out and he gra- jumps in their car. And the kids are in the back and he drives off and they crash into a lake. The mom thinks she just saw her husband die and her kids have died. Well, the kids magically are like made it out of the car. And so she's, you know, but she's still struggling through the death of her husband. And, and by the end, it was all kind of a Christmas wish or Christmas something magic. And everything's back to normal. Well, I mean, her whole perspective has changed because she didn't care about the money. She didn't care about being broke. She didn't care about the grocery store. She didn't care about anything except her family and spending Christmas with them. And not that I think we should go through those times, but man, if we knew that our really, really hard kid wouldn't be here next year, you know, how might we approach this Christmas? And so a couple of years ago, I wrote a story kind of based on that. I'm, I'm seeing if I can pull it up here because I was going to read part of it. And this is the commercial part because I was going to see if I could entice you into spending $1.99 on a downloadable something. Well, while you're looking for that, my boys and I finally launched into the true spirit of Christmas last night watching Die Hard. <laughs> so, and uh, 
And this past weekend, my kids had their musical performances of A Christmas Carol, which was awesome and as heartwarming as always. And I got to give a big shout out to my buddy Sam, who played Marley. He was so cool. It was a blast. So anyway, the whole thing was great. That's awesome. That's awesome. I wasn't ready to do this thing, but uh, because I was, yeah, like, I know, I was trying to do this. Um, so I'm uh, just here to be filler, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it well, Scott. Yeah, you thanks. do it well. <laughs> well, whatever Scott said, uh, this will be a smooth transition into the story that I did find, and uh, uh, it's called the Last Christmas. And because my thought was, you know, what would happen if you knew for sure? This was going to be your very last Christmas because, you know, we don't know. Nobody knows that, but it is an interesting thought. A lot can happen in 365 days. And I know, you know, I've gotten emails in the past year from wives whose husband went to heaven in the past year. And again, it changes your perspective. So I'm going to start a story that you can get on our website. It's a PDF download. So you get it today. Um, for a dollar ninety nine, I just dropped the price to dollar ninety nine, and I could have made it zero, but you know you got to have some skin in the game. Plus, it just makes me happy to take a dollar ninety nine from you dads. So here's the first chapter. This is like the enticer chapter, and I'm not going to read the first. It comes with a little note that this dad is including this like for his family because he thinks he's going to be gone. Uh, in fact, he thinks that he won't be there Christmas morning and they're going to have to, you know, find out their dad died Christmas Eve and he's trying to soften the blow, but he includes kind of this, his little journal that he's kept. And here it begins. He says, before I start, I guess I should tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a workaholic. No news there. I know, but I guess I've always thought that's what made me me. Uh, was what I did and how well I did it. Even as a kid, I sold more magazine subscriptions than anyone else on my Little League team, read more books than anyone else in class, and always worked to be the best at everything. When I got to college, I ran the student government and was big man on campus, and I liked it. During my first few jobs, I climbed the corporate ladder faster than a fireman trying to save a screaming woman. I was the one who got the biggest clients, clinched the biggest deals, and got the biggest promotions. I worked harder than any two employees and fed on my success. When I met your mom, I fell so deeply in love, I forgot about my corporate climb for a little while. It didn't take long after we were married, however, before I began to show up later and later for dinner until one night I didn't show up at all. I guess in my head I always thought I'd hit a point when I would arrive, but I never did. There was always one more hill to climb, another goal to reach, and more money to grab. When you came along, Jack, I was right in the middle of a big deal with whoever. It was also important then, so important that I didn't even make it in time for your birth. I keep telling your mom, I'll be right there. I'm in the middle of something really big. Honey, I'm so sorry for being a jerk. I should have been there with you, holding your hand, holding my son as he slipped into this world. But no, I was too busy with that nameless client. I promised myself and you, my love, to be there the next time, and technically I was, if you count the last three minutes and two pushes. Little blonde Blake was born, and I was back to the office less than an hour later. Pathetically, I can't even remember the births of Ian and Lucy. I think I was there for one of them and may have been out of town for the other. 
I know Aunt Dawn covered me both times and called to tell me they had arrived. I'm scared to know what she was thinking about me. You would think a normal dad and husband would have felt bad, not me. If I did, the feeling got pushed back into that forgotten side of my brain, the non-business side. I would tell people, well, Deborah knew what kind of man she married. Honey, I don't know how you did it, but you rarely complained. You always looked so, so accepting. You made me feel like you understood and that somehow I hadn't let you down. But now I know I did let you down. I let you all down from birth right up until a few months ago. I missed almost everything that was important. I missed dinners, breakfast, family movie nights. I skipped out on recitals, was distracted during family vacations, and can barely remember tucking my own children into bed. I only cared about me and the important business I was doing. And then something happened, something that changed me and how I viewed everything. It all started last Christmas Eve. It was a bone-biting cold night, and I barely made it home in time for dinner. I remember that because I had to stop at Humphrey's Jewelry Store to pick out something for your mom. The only thing they had left was a big diamond brooch shaped like a horse. I mean, how stupid is that? But old stupid me got it, and honey, you never complained. Although I never forgot the look on Lucy's face when you opened it. Anyway... After dinner, we went to church like usual, and around bedtime, Mom asked me to go try to find some batteries for Ian's new electric fire engine. The thing needed a whole truck full of those big D batteries. To be honest, I was glad for the excuse to leave. You guys were all hyped up and bouncing off the walls. I wasn't used to being part of bedtime, so I was out of the door in a shot. took a couple of stops before finding a store that was still open, and I was a little disappointed that I was done so early and would have to go back home home. The word sounds so good to me now, but a year ago it felt claustrophobic. Oh, I could talk a good talk, and most people thought I was a successful, devoted dad and husband. I had them fooled. I think I even fooled myself. After all, I didn't do drugs, sell guns, or run with women who did. The streets were empty except for a few cars, carrying bundled up people trying to get home after family gatherings. The lights looked brighter in the cold, spare and a cup of coffee and Wi-Fi sounded really good. The only restaurant open was McDonald's over on Catherine Street. It was lit up but empty, and I wondered if I had closed. I parked right by the front door and was leave to find it open and, and warm. I got my coffee and had my choice of seats since I was the only person in the whole place. Some people might have felt lonely on Christmas Eve, but it felt good to me, away from the hustle and bustle, away from all of you. There I sat with a good cup of coffee and screaming fast wireless, answering emails and checking stock prices, when I heard a voice. Mind if I join you? It was like a splash of water in my relaxed face. Standing above me was a black man in a wrinkled McDonald's uniform holding a steaming cup of coffee. His smile and eyes were shockingly white against his dark face, and I wanted to answer, Do I look like I want you to join me? You've got a dozen seats to choose from. Choose one of them! Go ahead and pull up a seat, I responded, trying to sound as nice as I didn't feel at the moment. Sure is cold out there, he said. I bet your kids like all this snow, he paused. You got kids, don't you? Four, I said, wondering at my luck to get stuck with an inquisitive McDonald's employee. He smiled a big, toothy smile. Shoo, you don't say. I bet your house is fun to be at on Christmas Eve. I smiled. Got some last-minute shopping to get done, he continued. 
Before I could answer, you let out a long, ooh-wee, that your car out there? That's a 911 Carrera, mighty fine car. Goes from zero to 60 in six seconds. Great, let me guess, he's a car expert. You must have a pretty good job to drive a car like that. You a doctor, a lawyer, or something like that? What would he want to know next? How much I pulled in a year? Something like that, I said, hoping to close that line of questioning. At the same time, it felt good knowing that he realized success when he saw it. He sipped his coffee and talked about snow, the price of gas, how all the good Christmas trees down at the Boy Scout corner Christmas tree lot were taken, and who he thought would win the Super Bowl. And then, as if he had exhausted all other topics of conversation, he set his coffee cup down, leaned forward on the table, and was silent. His brown eyes seemed to sparkle and his mood changed. Actually, in a way it frightened me a little, like he was going to pull out a knife and ask for my keys or cell phone, but I never expected what he was about to say. Do you believe in angels, he asked. I was relieved that he wasn't going to knife me, and then I thought, oh great, he's a nut. Yeah, I believe in angels, I answered. Do you know what the word angel means, he asked, looking me straight in the eyes. Now, I should have known what the word meant. I was raised in the church and sat through a thousand sermons, probably hundreds of them on Christmas, with all the angels present at the moment. But for some reason, I couldn't remember what angel meant. No, I, I don't, I said, knowing what he was about to tell me. The guy leaned back in his chair and took another drink from his cup. In Greek, it means messenger. Great, he's a car and Greek expert. I was kind of at a loss as to what to say, so I just sat there, hoping like crazy he would leave. In fact, I was about to make an excuse to leave when he leaned forward and spoke again. This time, his voice was almost a whisper, and he was so close I could smell the coffee on his breath. I've got a message for you. This was just getting a little too freaky. Oh, yeah? What is it? I asked, trying to act casual. This is your last Christmas. The words hung in the air like a dramatic moment in a movie. I felt a chill in my heart at his words and knew it was time to leave. Thanks for the message. Yeah. My black angel friend leaned back and rubbed his fingers on the outside of his cup. I looked down at my watch, even though I wasn't wearing one, and said, I should have been home a while back. Have a great Christmas. His eyes never left mine, and Mr. Never Stopped Talking was silent. Merry Christmas, was all he said. I wasn't waiting around for more weirdness, so I down the last of my coffee and headed out the door. The cold air refreshing after that uncomfortably warm moment, and when I shut the door to the car, I felt a little safer, but it got creepier. I started the car and looked back at where we were sitting, and he was gone. Mr. Car Expert Angel Guy was gone. His cup sat on the table, and I could see the steam rising from the lid, but he was gone. All the way home, I kept replaying the look on his face and his five-word message to me. This is your last Christmas. I'm telling you, it felt like it was right out of a Christmas carol, and I felt like I was playing the part of old Ebenezer. Well, that's the first part. <laughs> I hear what happens to our dad and the angel. Uh, you're going to have to fork out $1.99. You can get it over at our website. Um, it's a PDF download, and uh, it's super simple. You just click on it and... And there you go. I feel like I'm Rizzo the Rat here. Like, <laughs> ooh, I like it. It's kind of woohoo spooky. <laughs> but hey, Dad, if you need some perspective changer, maybe read the rest of the story. You can get it again at our website. Just go to, 
I think it's uh, downloads in the store and you'll find it. It's easy. Well, hey, we're out of time. I've got some busyness to do. Hey, one other little tip that I was just reminded of, and I'm going to try this for my wife. I've never done this before, but my father-in-law, he did it often. And that is to buy my wife a little bouquet of Christmas flowers. I was over at my daughter's house about a week ago, and there was a, a, a bouquet of flowers. It was obviously Christmas. I mean, it was red flowers with a couple white roses in it. And uh, my wife said, oh, where'd you get those? And she goes, oh, Josh got, got them for me. He knows I really like flowers. And, you know, I thought I should do that because my father-in-law used to do that for my mother-in-law whenever they had a special occasion. Like, so if she was having a party at her house, he would get a thing of flowers so that she could set out. And it was always kind of nice. And, you know, flowers is a hard spend for me because it just feels like a waste of money. But I was thinking maybe I could stop by. Uh, we have a kind of a local grocery store that has a really good floral apartment. And they've got some flowers. They're not too expensive. Um, I think they're about like 10 or $12, which is probably more than I'd like to spend. I'd like to go to Aldi's and get the three ninety nine one, But there is a little bit bigger. And I thought, you know, she would really like that if I got it. Because I know our kids will be over Christmas Eve. And if I had a little, if I got that bouquet for her and I wrote a little note and just said, thank you for all you do for Christmas. I think she'll like it. So, you know, that's my son-in-law who did a good job. Uh, that's his tip. And I'm passing it along. So if you know a place where you can pick some up, that wouldn't be a bad idea, Dad. But other than that, have a wonderful Christmas. Expect it to be hard. You know, stiffen your spine. Bounce back quick. And then we'll talk to you on the other side. Maybe we'll, Scott, we'll just have a, a rerun next week. But we'll see you on the other side of the new year. And Dad, I just want to say, as I have said so many times, I count it a great privilege to be a part of your team. And to be on this team, dad, um, I got an email from a dad this past week and uh, I've known him for a long time. We met in New York 20 years ago, almost. And, and he was just saying, thanks again, Todd, for faithfully encouraging dads day after day, week after week, year after year for decades. And, you know, it kind of struck me that I've been doing this and really, I just, as I read it, I, I prayed and I'm like, God, would you give me some more decades to keep doing this? Because I know this is what matters. And I just want to see you get it right. More importantly, I want to get it right. But I count it a great privilege to be on your team. Let's pray right now. Father, we just pray for all the dads listening. I pray for this Christmas um, that you would maybe remind us again how frail our time, how fragile we are, and that we are not guaranteed that we'll get another Christmas. I pray that you would help us to be strong and loving and forgiving and not easily offended. But we need your help because, like Scott said, sometimes you get in that position and you know it's not the right way to go, but we end up being carried away there. Help us not to be carried away. And uh, I pray for maybe some of the dads who have, maybe it's a hard Christmas. I pray that you would be enough for them. And that you would help them to lead their family during those hard times. And we thank you for allowing us to be dads. We thank you for sending your son that we might have this forever. And I pray for our kids who, you know, who might be walking away. Would you bring them back this Christmas um, and turn our hearts to our families? 
we thank you again. We thank you as a father to father for making such a huge sacrifice. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So have a wonderful Christmas. Have a great New Year's. Uh, do lots and lots of family. Be extravagant. And do it because you to dad. And that's our show for this week, Dad. Thanks for joining us for the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. If you have a question for the show, email Todd at familyman at familymanweb.com. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at scott at unsocializedmedia.com. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. time to mention the the dickens ghost story that you've been oh yeah i uh, i need to post today's yes i've got a it's only on our smiling homeschooler whatever that is facebook, facebook page. page yeah yeah um well i had it hold on you may have to pause me here go ahead i will just update everyone that <laughs> we we have officially are you expecting started no, <laughs> definitely okay. not. Okay. Uh, we, we, we just, uh, f- these are just dumb little things I was ready to throw into the show here. Boy, this okay, show, go ahead. This is extra stuff for the end now, but uh, anyway. Scott, if we had some music behind this, this would be awesome. And that goes ditto for me. Didn't you say you wanted to pray? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Scott, put this in there. Uh, so I was going to pray. That's right. Um <clears throat>